It's time to break down the Buffalo Bills Week 15 opponent, the challenges they present, and what the Bills need to do to deal with them today on Locked on Bills. You are Locked on Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino, author of Go Bills and Buffalo's Run, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. want to thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, and a big welcome and shout-out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate you all being here very, very much. I'd also like to invite you to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Well, folks, it's time to get ready for a big one. Bills versus Cowboys, Week 15. The AFC East fully on the table for the Buffalo Bills, and they would certainly improve their chances of winning the AFC East by beating the Dallas Cowboys. So let's talk about this matchup and all of the dynamics within it. So the Bills at home, week 15, they're hosting the Cowboys. The game will be played on Sunday, December 17th at 425 p.m. Eastern time at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park, New York. The game will be broadcasted on Fox. Kevin Burkhardt is on the play-by-play. Greg Olson is the game analyst. Aaron Andrews and Tom Rinaldi are the sideline reporters. This is a good crew. Uh, Burkhardt and Olson are phenomenal at what they do. This is going to be the 14th all-time meeting between the Bills and Cowboys. The Bills have a 5-8 all-time record against Dallas, but the Bills have won the last two. The last meeting, of course, being... Thanksgiving 2019, the Bills won that game 26-15. to You remember Josh Allen on the quarterback sneak, dropping the ball and barreling through the Cowboys defense. Cole Beasley with a big touchdown in the game. Uh, Frank Gore, I think, was uh, important in that game as well. Uh, Ed Oliver with a couple of sacks. You know, it was one that we certainly remember. The Bills played a couple more times after that on Thanksgiving, but that really was in some ways the Bills – introduction to the NFL, like the current version of the Buffalo Bills, I think was the league kind of understood that they were for real that night. The Bills enter this game seven and six. The Cowboys are 10 and three. Their 10 wins have come against the Giants twice, the Jets, Patriots, Chargers, Rams, Panthers, Commanders, Seahawks, and Eagles. They've got three losses, the Cardinals, 49ers, and Eagles, all three losses on the road. The head coach is Mike McCarthy, 60 years old, in his fourth season with Dallas and his 17th season overall as an NFL head coach. He was with Green Bay for a long time prior to becoming the Cowboys head coach, 13 seasons in Green Bay. He went 165-102, and then they won the Super Bowl back in 2010. So far in Dallas, he's 40-23. and His first season in Dallas, they went 6-10. and then two 12 and five seasons, and they're off to a 10 and three start so far in 2023. The quarterback is Dak Prescott, 30 years old, 
fourth round pick in 2016 out of Mississippi State, number 135 overall by the Cowboys. He started 110 games for Dallas, and the Cowboys have a 71 and 39 record in those games. So far in 2023, he's having a phenomenal season. I think he's probably the front runner, in my opinion, to be the NFL MVP at this point. Uh, so far, completing 69% of his passes, 270 passing yards per game, 28 touchdowns, six interceptions, and a passer rating of 107.5. This is definitely the best season of his career. It's the best completion percentage, the best touchdown percentage, the most passing yards per game, and the highest passer rating of his career. He's playing really, really well, and he's playing really well, especially of late. You know, at this point in the season, I like to give you metrics, but metrics from the last four games. And remember, Dallas is riding a five-game winning streak, and, you know, Dak's been really, really good. And, of course, we'll extrapolate this data out for the last four games to give you an idea of where things are trending for Dallas. So Dak Prescott's average time to throw is 2.66 seconds. That's the 12th fastest trigger in the league. When he gets the ball out in under two and a half seconds, which is 44% of the time, he completes 68% of his passes. That's 25th in the NFL, actually. His passer rating is 104.1, which is eighth best. When he holds on to the football over two and a half seconds, which happens 56% of the time, he's completing 66% of his passes. That's third best in the league and a passer rating of 119.8, which is second best. One of the things that you're going to kind of pick up on here is that they're very good at some of the vertical concepts in their passing game. Um, and so when he holds on to the football, sometimes that's just more or less to get the the routes to elongate down the field to give him a chance to, to throw those. His average depth of target is 8.6 yards from the line of scrimmage. That's 12th in the NFL. 15.3% of his throws are 20-plus yards down the field. That's fifth most frequent. So you're going to see some vertical attempts here. And he's been very successful when he throws the ball down the field. 11 of 23 for 311 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, and the last four games on throws 20 yards or more down the field. Uh, Under pressure, uh, Dak's under pressure 33% of the time. That's 23rd in the NFL. And he's been really good under pressure. Typically, I pull these numbers out, and you see just – quarterbacks that have these terrible completion percentage and terrible passer ratings under pressure, not Dak. Under pressure, he's got a passer rating of 91.7, fourth best in the NFL, and a completion percentage of 62%, which is second best in the league. Of course, when he's kept clean, he's really good too. Uh, 121.2 passer rating when there's no pressure on him, that's third best. Completion percentage of 68.6, which is 20th in the NFL when he's kept clean. Play action, 26.5% of the time. That's 10th most in terms of frequency. His splits with and without play action are nearly identical. And then screens, they will run screens. Dallas, uh, over the last four games, uh, 12.3% of pass plays are screens. That's 11th in the NFL. And his yards per attempt with screens is 5.6. So really good numbers here for Dak, who's having a great season. And you know his touchdown to interception ratio on the season is twenty eight touchdowns versus six interceptions, and he's I think he's thrown one interception in his last five or six starts. Uh, he is he's hot, he's hot, and so a big assignment for the Buffalo Bills here on Sunday afternoon. So we're going to talk more about this offense and the dynamics that 
exists within it. So stick with us. But folks, when you're hiring for your small business, you want to make sure that you have as many top tier candidates available as possible to interview. And that's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn just isn't another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats right now and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making everything easier and quicker. So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, folks, let's talk about this offense that is coordinated by Brian Schottenheimer. Mike McCarthy is your play caller. That was a big storyline for Dallas this offseason, uh, saying goodbye to Kellen Moore, who's been a very good offensive coordinator, even had some uh, head coaching interviews throughout the years. They They let him go. And the idea was that Mike McCarthy would become their play caller. Uh, Not all that different than what happened with the Bills with Sean McDermott on the defensive side of the football. So far, it's really worked out for them. They've been really good on offense. They're the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They average 32.4 points per game. That's number one. 6.8 yards per pass. That's fourth best in the league. 4.1 yards per rush. That's 18th. They don't turn the ball over very often. Only 7.6% of drives are turnovers that's second best in the league and they score 53 percent of the drives that's number one their third down percentage is 49 percent that's number one in the nfl the bills are number two so you have the top two third down offenses in the league uh in this matchup their red zone touchdown percentage is a bit low 56 percent that's very average 15th in the nfl but they score a lot of points they throw the ball very effectively they convert third downs and they score That's what Dallas has done this year through 13 games. Let's talk about their personnel, and I think it starts at their wide receiver position with C.D. Lamb. That's their best player on offense, third most receiving yards in the NFL this year. He's been hot seemingly all season long. Um, In terms of the skill set here, he's not super big. He's not super explosive, but what he is is a dynamic route runner with top-tier body control, top-tier ball skills, and does a very good job of being quarterback friendly and kind of working two spots. And um, he's got a really good, really good connection with Dak Prescott. And so he's a tough, tough challenge. One of the best premier receivers in the NFL. His running mates, Brandon Cooks, uh, bounced around a ton in the NFL, but he's been very productive, speedy, smaller, separation guy. Their number three receiver, Michael Gallup who has been very up and down this season ever since his injury a few years back. Hasn't quite been the same, but a physical receiver uh, that has had success in the past at at the catch point um, and kind of gives them that third guy, a different type of skill set than Lamb and Cooks. And then they have some younger guys, Jalen Tolbert, a recent draft pick, um, and then Kevante Turbin, who's small, like 5'9", 160 pounds, but he's kind of the return guy that you got to be mindful of if they get him involved offensively. But the receiver core, it's about CeeDee Lamb, it's about Brandon Cooks, and then you know Michael Gallup has been up and down. At tight end, Jake Ferguson has emerged as their top tight end. Uh, they let Dalton Schultz walk in free agency. 
and handed the job over to Jake Ferguson, who's been really productive, very consistent player, not overly dynamic in terms of athleticism. You know, he's not going to like just run by people. He's not a freak show tight end, but he's very cerebral. Uh, knows how to find soft places in zones. He's a consistent catcher of the football. Just kind of a very baseline, does what a tight end's supposed to do. And their backup is Luke Schoonmaker, um, day two draft pick for them on a Michigan, a rookie. He's a more dynamic option, but he's he's young. And, you know, they certainly, this tight end position is about Jake Ferguson for them, who's been very productive. At running back, it's Tony Pollard. Um, kind of, you remember the dynamics that they've had in recent years with Zeke Elliott and Tony Pollard, and Zeke got a lot of opportunity, but every time you watch Dallas, you're like, Tony Pollard's way more dynamic. Um, but for all the dynamic ability that Tony Pollard's shown in the past, hasn't quite been the same this year. He had an injury uh, that he's it doesn't feel like he's all the way back from. You know, you look at some of his metrics in terms of yards after contact, forced missed tackles, a lot better uh, prior to this year, and I'm not sure how much of it is him being the lead back versus – okay, he's coming off of this injury. I'm not sure exactly what the dynamics are, but not quite the same level of effectiveness that he was in a complimentary role to Zeke Elliott. And now his running mate is Rico Dowdle, who's kind of a, you see this running back every year, kind of a late day three pick, cerebral downhill back. He has not been super dynamic, but I think he provides a powerful complement to what they have in Tony Pollard, who can catch the football as well as run between the tackles. When it comes to their target distribution, or excuse me, on their carries, over the last four games, 61 carries for Pollard, 28 for Dowdle. And keeping in mind, they've had some big leads, and that probably opened up some more opportunity for Dowdle late in games. Uh, at receiver, in, in terms of their target distribution, in the last four games, C.D. Lamb, 44 targets. Then it's Tony Pollard at 23, Jake Ferguson, 22, Brandon Cooks, 18, Michael Gallup, 11, and then nobody else has more than 10. So it's Lamb, Pollard, Ferguson, Cooks. That's their their target distribution in terms of who their primary weapons are in the passing game. Their offensive line is a good one here, especially in some spots. Uh, their left tackle, Tyron Smith, he's healthy, and when he's healthy, he's one of the best left tackles in the game, and that's exactly what he they've he's given Dallas this year is a healthy version of himself, and he's a top performer when he's available. Their left guard is Tyler Smith, second-year player, first-round pick last year. Out of Tulsa, you guys probably remember the draft conversations I had about Tyler Smith. I love this guy, and he's turning into an impact starter for them at left guard. Their center is Tyler Biotis. I think he's a serviceable NFL starter. I don't think he's a plus starter, so there could be some chances to win there. Their right guard is future Hall of Famer Zach Martin, who's been unbelievable uh, for his career, one of the best guards in the game. And then the right tackle is Terrence Steele. Uh, who they just paid an extension to. I think he's okay. He's he's a serviceable starting right tackle. Um, so you got three real high-impact starters in Smith. Well, both the Smiths, Tyler Smith, Tyron Smith, Zach Martin. I think you have two serviceable starters, and Tyler Biot is at center, and Terrence Steele at right tackle. But I think the sum of it all is, is a really good group when you have three impact guys like they do in Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, and Zach Martin. So what are my keys for the Bills against this very good Dallas Cowboys offense? Well, number one is home field advantage. Bills Mafia, if you're going to this game, you got to be loud. You got to make an impact here. This is just like the, Dol the Dolphins game where 
uh, you know, it's kind of understood like Bills Mafia has a real chance to impact this game. I think that's true here too. And Dallas has been a really different team on the road compared to at home. Uh, their points per game this season at home, 40 points per game. On the road, 24 points per game. That's a big drop-off. Their four lowest point totals of the season were all road games against the Eagles, Chargers, Cardinals, and 49ers. And it's not like the Cardinals and Chargers are good defenses. And, and Eagles, like, they're an okay defense. 49ers, obviously, very good. And their good road performances were against the Giants in week one. They scored, they won that game 40-0, to one of the most lopsided football games I've ever watched. Their other big scoring outburst on the road was 33 against Carolina. All of their other road games, they've ranged between 10 and 23 points scored. I think if the Bills can hold them under 23, they'll probably win the game. So home field advantage. You look at the early peak at the weather weather reports, it's looking like upper 40s and and possibly some rain. But Bills Mafia got to show up and be loud in this one. So that's my key number one, home field advantage. Number two is win in the red zone. When you're trying to find areas of this team where they're mediocre or below average, red zone offense stands out to me. They're only 15th in red zone touchdown percentage. Now, the Bills, I don't think, have been a very good red zone defense. It'd be nice for that to be different this time around. You're talking about a very productive offense in their five-game win streak. They've not scored less than 33 points in any game. So you're talking about limiting points. Winning in the red zone is going to be important there and holding those drives to three points and not seven when they get down there. Number three is be ready to defend the vertical passing game. I think Dallas as a team pushes the ball down the field more than the opponents the Bills have faced this year. You know, even looking at Kansas City, they've not a very effective down the field passing team. This is different, right? They will push the ball down the field. Dak's been very good at it. And so this is a different stress that the Bills have had. I haven't really had conversations with you this year on our primer episode saying, hey, this ball like this team likes to push the ball down the field. So be ready for it. Well, Dallas does. I don't I, the rain may impact that. But I think you got to be prepared to defend the deep ball this week. And I'm not just talking about, you know, vertical shots, you know, nine routes, go balls. You know, they have really good route concepts that attacks the seams and, and attacks those deep in cuts. And uh, you got to be ready for it. And then number four is CeeDee Lamb. And this is their, I mean, Dak Prescott's incredible in terms of what he's given them this year, but their best skill player is CeeDee Lamb. 1,253 yards receiving this year. Third most in the NFL. So he's a true go-to guy, and you're going to have to have a good plan for him. And the thing about it is, like, you can t- you could try to take away CeeDee Lamb. They've got other good players. they got Brandon Cooks. they got Jake Ferguson. They've got Michael Gallup. Tony Pollard's a good pass catcher. So, yeah, pay attention to CeeDee Lamb, but it's not like they don't have other ways that they can attack you. I think you would prefer for the production to come from not CeeDee Lamb, but – it needs to be a big part of your defensive game plan is what you're going to do about CD lamb this week. So home field advantage, win the red zone, be ready for to defend the vertical passing game and have a plan for that CD lamb dude. All right. We're talking about the defensive side of the football against the bills offense here in just a moment. So stick with us, but this show is sponsored by better help this time of year. It can be challenging for some people and it's natural to feel some sadness or even anxiety about it but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings. 
Therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to to make you feel grounded and to give you the tools needed to manage everything going on. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for people who've experienced major trauma. So if you've been thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you do is you fill out a brief questionnaire. That'll get you matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. So we broke down this Cowboys offense. We established that it's really good. Well, the bad news is they're also really good on defense. So let's talk about that. Dan Quinn, the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys, 53 years old. It's his 11th season as either an NFL defensive coordinator or a head coach. Uh, came up with those Seattle uh, defenses in the early 2010s, 2013, 2014, as Seattle's defensive coordinator. That got him the job as the Falcons head coach. He held that job from 2015 to 2020. And then the last three years, he's been with Dallas as their defensive coordinator. And they've been a top seven scoring defense in each of those seasons. I think he was number one in scoring defense both years in Seattle. I mean, he's a very good defensive coordinator. Let's talk about the metrics here. They're allowing 17.9 points per game. That's fourth in the NFL. They allow 289 yards per game, which is third, so under 300 yards per game. Five and a half yards per pass, that's sixth. 4.1 yards per rush, that's 13th. They get a turnover, 15% of drives. That's fourth best in the league. So they take away the ball. They limit points. Their third down defense, uh, they allow conversion 37% of the time. That's 12th. Their red zone defense is actually pretty poor. Uh, 58.8% of the time, they allow a touchdown, which is 22nd. Their blitz rate is 31.5%. That's eighth highest in the league, so they will blitz. And their pressure rate is 21.7%. That's actually pretty average, 16th, but they do get a lot of sacks. 9% 9% sack rate, which is third best in the NFL. So let's talk about their personnel, and I think it starts with their edge rushers. This is a really, really good group of edge rushers. It's deep, and it's talented. Headlined, of course, by Micah Parson. As good as they come, right? In terms of defensive football players in the NFL, this guy is as good as they come. T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, that's the face of dominant pass rushers in the league. And Micah, it's interesting because he doesn't just line up anywhere. They put him everywhere. They will put him over Mitch Morse. They'll put him over Osiris Torrance. So it's not like, hey, big assignment for Deion Dawkins or big assignment for Spencer Brown. It's a big assignment for everyone because they're all going to have to deal with him. And he can out-athlete anybody. He's a special player. A game wrecker if there ever was one in the NFL. His running mates are really good, too. Demarcus Lawrence, uh, I think, is as technical as a, of a defensive end as you're going to find. Length, heavy hands, hand technique, leverage, he's got it all. He's probably going to play over Spencer Brown a good bit, and that's going to be a big challenge for Spencer um, because Spencer is athletic and he can move, but sometimes the technique piece of it is where he can have some trouble. So a tough assignment there. And then their depth is unbelievable. Dante Fowler, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, they're all skilled, explosive pass rushers. So... Waves on waves of guys to deal with. Their defensive tackles, their interior players, their best one, Osa Odigizua, a young player out of UCLA, uh, plays that four-eye, three-technique type spot for them. 
Uh, good run defender, good pass rusher, complements this entire situation. Now, their nose tackle is typically Jonathan Hankins. He's not going to be available. High ankle sprain, not expected to play. And so they're going to lean into Mozzie Smith, their first-round pick out of Michigan, who I loved coming out of the draft process. He's been pretty underwhelming this year for them. So hopefully that continues for at least another week. He can get it going next week against Dallas. I'll tell you that. But figure it out next week, not this week. And then Chauncey Golston, I think, is a kind of a B-plus version of Osa Adigizua. So everything I said there, but just a little bit less. And then Neville Gallimore, who's an athletic interior player, uh, has not been super effective or consistent so far in the NFL. Their linebackers are really interesting. Damon Clark, a uh, young player out of LSU, who I think is a good player. You watch him at LSU. I saw an NFL starter. He had an injury situation coming out that pushed him down, but Dallas was patient. They drafted him. I think they got a rock-solid starter there. He's like 240 pounds, can cover, can play downhill. He's good. And then his running mate is a bit of a surprise player, Marquise Bell, second-year player, UDFA, out of Florida A&M. And he's not very big. He's like 210 pounds maybe. But they play him as this like weak side linebacker that plays in space. He's their Matt Milano player. He's all over the place. He runs, tackles in space, makes plays in the ball. It's a very, very interesting chess piece that they have that I'm sure whether it's in some spy situations on Josh Allen, maybe some matchups against Dalton Kincaid, you know, they're gonna they're gonna have a plan for him. And and he's he's really good. Every time I watch Dallas, this guy, this guy flashes with playmaking ability. They're corners. Uh, they obviously don't have Trayvon Diggs, who, uh, you know, they paid him all the money. He's got a torn ACL. He's out. But they've got a couple other guys that have been really good. Stephon Gilmore, you know, he's an older player now, but he's still a rock-solid NFL starter. Uh, he's their number one guy. And then in place of Trayvon Diggs has been Deron Bland, who's been unbelievable replacing Trayvon Diggs. Eight interceptions. I think he's got six pick sixes this year. Uh, so you got to be aware of that guy. You can test him. He'll give up some stuff, but he will take away the football. He's one of those guys that, you know, all these guys are really interested in driving on the ball and making plays on the ball. I think the slug of their defense is their slot corner, uh, Jordan Lewis. And I think that's an opportunity. The Bills need to go after that guy uh, when it comes to the matchups that they're going to attack. He's an experienced player. But to me, he's the guy that is always is typically on the wrong side of of plays that are favorable against the Dallas defense. I'd be going after him. At safety, uh, Malik Hooker uh, was a high pick from Indianapolis, kind of flaked out there, has come to Dallas and found his career. He's been a good starter. They paid him. And, um, you know, he's one of those deep safeties. And so they'll, they're going to be aggressive with how they play. They're going to blitz. They're going to play some, you know, some man coverage as well. Some, you know, some press man. And Malik Hooker as a one high center fielder really enables a lot of that to happen. Now he, in, I don't know what his status is of right now, but on Tuesday, or excuse me, the Wednesday practice, he didn't practice. So I'm not sure he's got an ankle deal. Not sure what year he's going to be, if he's going to be available or not. That's something to pay attention to because I think he's important for how they want to play defense. His running mate is Donovan Wilson, rock solid starter, and they will they will play Jaron Curse uh, in some of their sub packaged looks. And I'm sure the Bills are going to play a lot of two tight end stuff. You'll see a fair amount of Jaron Curse. So good personnel here. I think maybe on their interior D-line, their slot corner, those are probably your best chances to, if you're going to find a weakness there, it's it's that those two spots. So what are my keys for the Bills on offense against this defense? Number one, run the ball. Run the ball. You heard Marcus yesterday on the crossover discussion talk about 
low EPA against the run. They're not going to have their best run-stopping defensive tackle, Jonathan Hankins. You got to test it, and you got to test it with James Cook. You got to test it with Josh Allen. Run the ball. Number two is I think you got to find ways to get the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. This is a very deep and talented pass rush, and how do you slow down a deep and talented pass rush? You get the ball out of your quarterback's hands, and I'm not saying you neuter Josh Allen. You want Josh to do the things that he does, keep plays aligned, alive, push the ball down the field, create all that stuff, but I think that needs to be complemented with a with a, a heavy dose of, hey, you know, hit your back foot and rip it. Pick matchups, find space, and get the ball out of his hands. Maybe some screen game, different things there to get the ball out of Josh's hands, to slow up that rush, to frustrate them a little bit, help your offensive line, and then set up some of your opportunities down the field. Number three is your protection schemes have to be on point here. They're blitz aggressive, and they got talented rushers, and they're going to move guys around. So your protection schemes have to really be on point. I think in in some ways there's going to be some, some similarities to the Chiefs defense stylistically, um, and so hopefully that was a good primer for you for this game. But, you know, obviously the cohesiveness of the offensive line is going to matter, but you're going to need to do some chip and release stuff with your tight ends and your backs, which can be good for getting the ball out of Josh Allen's hands. It's a very good tackling defense. But how you can use your protection schemes to not only protect, but also give Josh Allen some more options, I think is going to be critical here. And then number four is attack Jordan Lewis. Attack Jordan Lewis. We You, you try to find weaknesses. To me, it's Jordan Lewis in the slot and their defensive tackles. So run the ball and attack the slot. That's what I'd be doing if I were Joe Brady. Real quick on special teams, their kicker. This is our interesting story here. Brandon Aubrey, he's a rookie kicker that hasn't missed this year. 30 for 30 on field goals. And and that includes eight hits from beyond 50. So it's not like he's just hitting chip shots. This guy's been unbelievable. Soccer player background. He started working on becoming a kicker in 2019. They were watching, I think they were watching a, a football game. I don't know if it was college or pro. The kicker missed, and the girlfriend or wife of Brandon Aubrey said, you you could do that. You can make that field goal. And so he started becoming a kicker. And and now he's in the NFL. He spent a couple of years in the USFL. Now he's Dallas's kicker. And if you remember, like their season got off the rails last year because they kept on missing all those extra points. This guy's been an answer for him. 30 for 30 to start his career. He's the first kicker in NFL history that's made their thir- first 30 attempts. So he's off to a heck of a career start, uh, and then they do they do uh, touchbacks. They're, they don't they're not interested in covering kicks. Only three of his eighty nine kickoffs have been returned. Now, when they've been returned, it's been pretty good. Those three returns went for twenty eight, thirty six, and twenty nine yards. But I think they're going to be playing for the touchbacks. Their punter is Brian Anger, been a rock solid NFL punter for a long time. Their kick returner is Cavante Turpin, small, speedy, shifty guy. I wouldn't mess around too much with that guy. You don't want you haven't been great at covering kicks and punts this year. They've been pretty good at returning them. You don't. This isn't a game where you need to give them anything extra in terms of some explosive returns uh, to get them going. So I, I don't know if I'd be messing around with that guy too much. So there you have it. The big challenge for the Buffalo Bills. Big game. Big opportunity. You get this one. You're looking at the Patriots and Chargers. You're next two, and you feel really good about that. You handle your business. You got a chance to play for the division in week 18 against the Miami Dolphins in Miami. But a big part of getting there is taking care of this one. And so hopefully that got you ready for it. And we'll have one more conversation this week. My final thoughts, injuries with Dr. Kyle Trimble. And of course, my five predictions on for Sunday are coming up in our last conversation. So don't miss it. Make sure that you're subscribed. We would love it 
If you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast, have a great rest of your day. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you one more time before the Bills face the Cowboys.